Greetings program. Hello and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a movie-by-minute podcast talking about Disney's 1982 movie Tron. This is Minute 96, The Last Minute. I'm your host, Duncan Shields, and returning with me today is my final boss, Endgame, and conclusionary guest co-host, Tyler Nickel. Welcome, Tyler. Greetings, program. I was here in your first minute of cycle, and I shall be here in your last. (laughs) Well... Here we are, minute 96, the end of a long, long road. It's been amazing. <laughs> yeah, I applaud you. When when Duncan first mentioned his thoughts of doing this and was very excited, and it was great, um, Dun- you did ask if I wanted to do every single minute with you. Uh, and my response was, was, at first, yeah, and then I thought, yeah. and then I said no. <laughs> and, a, a very enthusiastic yes at first, and then a... Uh, yeah, upon like second thought, six episodes. And that's like, a lot. No human being can do that, and yet here Duncan is. <laughs> um, and yeah, but I'm I'm glad that it, it gave you the opportunity. I've seen so many amazing guests pass through the doors of the uh, illustrious mm. halls of Tronologically Speaking. Yeah, uh, and so many great conversations that I wouldn't have uh, been able to to fully uh, appreciate without being here and there. So I was here for the start. I was here for my favorite scene with a big door, and I'm here to help that's close right. you out. That's right. <laughs> I can't think of anyone I'd rather have here for this moment. Let's yes, tell us, tell us what we see in this, this the final moments of this fantastic film. <laughs> in this minute, we get the rest of Journey's Only Solution song. Uh, I didn't realize that the end credits were solely Wendy Carlos' song at the beginning and then Journey's full song at the end. I thought there'd be a bit more Carlos. I can understand. It also she feels was a like little... they'd be longer credits. Uh, yeah, honestly, because the guy that did the, Ellen Shaw, the guy that did the, the credits, he was pretty obsessed with making sure that every single person that worked on the film got a credit because he was left out of, uh, the Apple Dumpling Gang, the credits to the Apple Dumpling Gang that he worked on where he was like, yay, what? I'm missing. And he was really bummed about that. So he wanted to, uh, make sure that everybody got their due. So. It's- as someone who was a production assistant on many really fun projects where they uh, actually contractually did not list production assistants, I can appreciate right? that. And it's it's you put you put the hours in and you just want to see uh, one line of text with your name on it. That's not so much to ask for. Seems like uh, not <laughs> much to ask, you know. Yeah, and also these days, like, like the end credits of like the second or third Matrix movie was like. Like 15 minutes like it's just like what like so many people worked on these movies yeah it's um this is almost like a skeleton crew here where you're like yeah, yeah. wow there's 400 yeah. animators and... and to like a lot of the majority of the audience it doesn't mean a lot but to the people that worked on it seeing your name up there oh my gosh it is so it's, nice yeah even if it's really tiny and it just takes a little bit of time to go by you're like oh there i am and when you're in uh like when you're i like it because there's a lot of movies that are shot in vancouver and mm. when i'm watching the credits of movies that are shot in vancouver i'm like oh you know there's dave you know like I, you, you see you see friends scroll by and it's a, such a thrilling moment so uh we get the rest of the cast and uh the stunt players yeah uh these are the other people that i sort of feel like i know now uh, still, there's still no leads on all of the older program peers of Dumont, though. Like the twelve or the eleven other older programs that were like the other guardians mm-hmm. that get gathered, that go into the MCP to get derezzed. I can't find credits for them for them anywhere. I've looked up all these names, and I don't think any of them are the are the older programs. And they were really great. I thought they were awesome. So. Are we sure that they weren't just genuinely computer programs that they deleted? 
Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I can't. Uh, I can't say for sure. Um, we get the photographed at Walt Disney Studios and Lawrence Livermore Lab, California credits, which I think Tron is still the only film that was ever allowed to film in there. And like you and I went into the security mm-hmm. clearance needed it's to in- get into that building. Right? What did you say? Was needed- there a queue? You need clearance to get authorized to get clearance for this right. building. Like right. you have to have a certain security clearance for them to even check if you can now check to go in. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think you said it was like level Q or something. Yeah, like it had that. some weird. Th- it's the kind of thing where if you saw it in a movie, you'd be like, "That's a that's a completely made up security clearance that does not." <laughs> right, like the president could call and they'd be like, "New phone, who dis?" You know, yeah. like, <laughs> like um, nope. Uh, so then we get special. We get the special thanks chunk and i'm going to go through the special thanks here yes um anacam atari apple mountain hardware crown international which is an audio company uh goodyear rubber pacific (laughs) telephone federal screw works which i'm like oh i hope they have t-shirts that's fantastic i I think i saw them play at the roxy once (laughs) they're still going they were founded in 1917 so they make precision industrial component parts we got electro voice eastern acoustical works apt holman corp a maker of pre-amplifiers fairlight corp which i had trouble finding details about there's also some fictional companies called fairlight corp Mm. um E. Rotberg, Morgan Renard, Damon Webster. Not having a lot of luck finding out details of the people here without much to go on. That's fair. Just that they were there. You know, you Google them and they're like, they were given special thanks in Tron. You're like, <laughs> oh, well, all right then. Uh, BTX Corp, audio and design recording. Delta Labs, Sintari Corp, which sounds also very made up. S-Y-N-T-A-U-R-I. That sounds like something out of The Last Starfighter or something. We got L. Bassett, Charles Haas, Jetcopters Incorporated, Lexicon, Olympia USA, which is a luggage company, After Image Incorporated, Gary Demos, or Demos, John Whitney Jr., TBS Video, the one and only Sam Schatz as the disc coordinator, Ooh. Frisbee expert Sam Schatz. Oh, that's and then we. That's, that's the guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's right, the guy right. that taught everybody to throw a frisbee like this. <laughs> and he's great. He did all the test footage. There's a lot of good test footage of him against a white background from right. back at the beginning when they were trying when they were thinking of filming against a white background. Very THX 1138. It's very uh it's really it's really cool. A whole other movie. Uh we got Cinema Air, Advanced Music Systems and RH and AHK Associates, which I had trouble. I don't really know what they what they do, but some sort of accounting perhaps. Uh, most of the company names are self-explanatory and the people names are hard to find. So we get this, uh, filmed in super Panavision 70, which means monstrously huge cameras that need a ton of light. Uh, according to all the behind the scenes talk, they were, (laughs) it's a good decision cinematically to film because they look fantastic, but boy, they were monsters to try to, to wrestle and wrangle. We're not doing any steady cam work with those ones. None, none. We have a Hulk. Right? <laughs> you need something. Then we, uh, it has a motion picture association number of twenty six thousand five hundred, which mm. is a nice a nice round number. Um, I didn't know of these MPAA numbers until delving into the movie by minute podcasts. Do, do you know about the? I 
literally was about to ask, and I was hoping you had the research for me, because I'm sure other people are also excited. Because um, yeah. if you've listened to this far into this Tron podcast, you are going to be excited about Minutia. So please, yeah. Duncan, <laughs> yeah. let me know. I am I am jazzed about this. I was hoping this would come up. Well, every movie that gets rated and released in, uh, I think, just America is given a number. And it's their number. So that's 26. That's, that's the that's, number for this film. That's their number. It's all like a serial number almost. So the the number for Tron is twenty six thousand five hundred because it is the twenty six thousand five hundredth movie to be uh, re- rated and released by the wow. Motion Picture Association of America. Um, so I like to sort of look for the neighbors, you know, because the one before oh, yeah. Tron was twenty six thousand four hundred ninety nine, and the one after it is twenty six thousand five hundred one. Now, the MPAA assigns numbers to every single film they classify, but even the extremely low-budget indies, right? So, like, it is an amazing list of, like, what? Who? (laughs) Huh? So there's no officially released list, though. That's the thing. Mm. It's just a bunch of, like, super fan compilations that have gotten together. They've kind of managed to cobble together what they've seen and recorded it. Yeah, and so from what I've been able to search for, I can't find a number for 26,499, but 26,498 is Enigma, where a CIA agent tries to infiltrate Soviet intelligence to stop a murderous, diabolical plot. Sounds unrealistic. uh, Don't think that would happen in real life. (laughs) Never, never. Not Not in a million years. It stars Martin Sheen, Sam Neill, and the French actor Brigitte Fossey. Ooh, that's a solid film. Yeah. And uh, 26,501 is a movie simply named Tex, where uh, teenage brothers Tex and Mason McCormick struggle to make it on their own after their mother dies and their father leaves them. And it oh, stars it's less in... funny than when it started. <laughs> uh, stars Matt Dillon, Matt Dillon, Jim Metzler and Meg Tilly. All right, that is it is it's a, it's like your phone number neighbor thing. You just kind of get curious, just you know who was yeah who was getting stuff right then. Back in 2015, they assigned number fifty thousand. Ooh. <coughs> to uh, an indie film called Chloe and Theo, starring Dakota Johnson. Hmm. So, film number one is The World Moves On from 1934. Um, and I'll have to pay attention to the next movie I watch and see what they're up to now. That'd be interesting. Because I'm not sure. We're just going to start messaging each other when we finish movies and let us know what number we clocked off. <laughs> <laughs> right. I wonder, because if they did 50,000 in 2015, then they probably, and if Tron was 26,500, then I imagine 100,000 won't be out for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they'll even try to like save it. They'll be like, hey, we're going to like, judge yours in, in a couple <laughs> yeah so can... and i've seen uh, a few documentaries about the motion the uh the rating system and just how yeah. absolutely bonkers the rating system is uh, arbitrary uh shrouded in secrecy like just like what what is this organization like they're not so much i don't think uh nefarious they're just kind of like a strange they are almost vogons i think they're just pure bureaucracy where it's like i have a set of rules and i will interpret it as i interpret it and then there will be no argument with these rules because they're written look at the written rules yeah can i see that list no you may not (laughs) but you must trust that i have written it somewhere 
and you get all those metrics like in a in an adult scene you're allowed two pelvic thrusts and no more mm -hmm. otherwise it is rated x right so you have to like use or how the uh you know the pg-13 you get one f-bomb right for the whole film Which i think my favorite use of that was still the movie be cool be cool i don't know that one that one's the sequel to get shorty oh yeah yeah and they, they're literally yeah. talking about the rating system and about how you can only say one <laughs> one swear word and then they respond with that swear word <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome and that's their one use of it is to to specifically say we're only allowed to say this one swear word once and then they say it <laughs> that's meta that's meta that that's reminds me there was uh an older movie called the night has a thousand eyes starring uh yeah see yeah see that guy what's that guy's name not uh oh jeez oh, a thousand it, today it used to be in there it's gone now as soon as if, if you had asked me with a, a cagney no cagney's the uh Oh my this is gosh, this is this we're guy. at the last minute here folks you're with us now <laughs> so sorry everybody uh anyway but that that guy email uh, us fantastic actor anyway he plays a psychic in a movie called the night has a thousand eyes and What's... he has a he has a vision where um a lion will get free from the zoo somebody will die somebody will step on a piece of glass and somebody will say the lighthouse can't find us and it's a weird thing because they're like in the middle of iowa so nobody would say that and so they're like but then all these things start coming true there's a there's a there's a uh, like a, a radio broadcast about how a lion is free from the zoo and then the, the power goes out and somebody steps on a piece of glass and they're like oh man that means that it, this person is gonna die these things are coming true and then one of the guys in the room says like well i mean at least no one has said the lighthouse can't find us and, and everybody, everybody looks at him, and he's like, "Oh, oh no!" Like you know, like ah. Uh, so I was yeah. like, "That that was a good one." No, that's a sol right. that's a solid use of the of that line to try to sneak it in there. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. So we, we have we mentioned Technicolor? I think we need to get to Technicolor. And Technicolor. Then... We see that the original motion picture soundtrack album is available on CBS Records and Tapes. Ooh. Uh, but it was the, 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 the CDs release was delayed for a long time. Mm. Um, they did release, they did release it on CD in 2002 with three additional tracks that could also be heard in the video game, which is cool. I'd like to pick that up. They released it again on vinyl in 2014, which is pretty cool, which is like after legacy came out. So mm -hmm. I don't know what, uh, what, what prompted a, another release of I that? I mean, thanks uh, to companies like Mondo Media, which I do own quite a few. Like Mondo Media, I have the uh, Monster Squad soundtrack and stuff like that. Sure, so. right? There's these places out there. Or like Unearthed Films that did the uh, Rock and Rule remastered. Oh, there it is. Monster Squad. That was, that was weird oh, right next to me. <laughs> I, I bought the Frankenstein that's on the front of there. Oh, nice. The, the one where it's like, get, get a six-foot Frankenstein and you get two fold-out vinyl posters. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I was so disappointed. <laughs> and you're like, I can see that technically this fulfills the words on the page and I hate you. Yeah, very, very like educational moment from like, I can't believe only two bucks for a life-size Frankenstein. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> and I hung it up and I hung it up next to a light in my room and it melted. Like almost burning, <laughs> almost burning down the house. And I'm like, oh boy, not only 
Only, that is a comedy was, of errors. The day after, I was like, oh boy, this whole mess. But let's see here. So, but it's weird because on the wiki, on the soundtrack here, it says that it's Wendy Carlos's first co production with her partner, Anne Marie Franklin. And I was like, oh, I should have known that in some of my research here. Hmm. And that Journey only did the soundtrack after Super Tramp pulled out. All right. <laughs> So I'm like, wow, those are two really important facts that yeah. uh, I hadn't come across the actual soundtrack wiki before. But there you go. The soundtrack was unavailable on CD for a long time due to a dispute between Carlos and CBS Records. And I think I went over that. But by the time the dispute was resolved, the masters had totally deteriorated. Mm-hmm. They had to literally bake them in an oven to harden the glue holding them together in order to remaster them. I'd like to track down that 2014 release with uh, credits full credit score in uh, intact. Yeah. Then it stops on Walt Disney Productions, who are st- they're still around today. Walt I, Disney Productions is still making movies today. Yeah, you, you know, like you gotta give it up for these indie houses that just power through. And yeah, maybe they're not putting something out every year, but you know they're around <laughs> and they're just in the back of your mind. You know, they uh, they managed to, to, to keep keep their head above water there somehow. Yeah, and, and they uh, also helped employ me full time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and we get a sweet, sweet fade out, and that's it. <gasps> that's it? Yeah. That's a Tron. You made it. You talked about every freaking second of Tron, Duncan. Everybody, that's it. That's right, it. Right, bye. That gets for. It's weird because it still looks like there's time left. Moment. <laughs> there's still time left on this podcast, but it, somehow uh, we're done. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. What are you still doing here? Go home. Um, I just now we get into just reflections on yes. Tron. Reflections on Tron. Now, as a kid, I was blown away by this film, and as an adult, I deeply appreciate it. Uh, I used to bag on Legacy quite a bit about not having the depth and beauty of Tron, but after doing this movie by minute, I realized that they're actually neck and neck for, for such things, right? A lot of effort was put into legacy with lots of callbacks to the original. And I think I've been, uh, before doing this podcast, I was unfairly maligning legacy in my, in my day-to-day conversations about the film. So while my overall estimation of 1982's Tron may have slipped a little because, uh, I can see how it would have lost audiences. I can see how it would have bored audiences. I can see how it would have confused audiences. I can see how they could have changed things to maybe make it a little better. Like, stuff happens. Oh, stuff yeah. definitely happens. There is stuff that's going to stick in your mind just as well as any other film. Because it's up and, Yeah, and much like Legacy, the visuals are just like, blow your hair back. Amazing, right? So... So, but I can see that the central core of it is like it's got its flaws in much the same way that Legacy does. They're they're very they're very similar films to me now. They're on the same plane. Um, but my overall estimation of my appreciation of the effort that went into it has skyrocketed. Like, mm-hmm. like I knew that Tron was a challenge to make, but I had no idea how much of a challenge it was to make. Uh, just like the all, all the, like the by hand stuff, like the 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 manual, practical ways that it was created, the analog stuff that was brought into it was was just amazing. The amount of effort and sweat and blood and tears that went into it, and like I'm sure halfway through the project, everybody involved was like, "What have we done? Yeah, what have we done? No, 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 dig like, up, stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dig up." 
like like i think uh like like lisberger was a, a you know he he had he was in charge of an animation company you know yeah. like and this was supposed to be an animated film so he had a huge handle on it he's like i can do this then it got changed to live action and they put him in charge of it because they had faith in him and he was like all right here we go and uh and they did it you know they did it so i think it's like a rare unique almost sisyphean like you said random movie forced through with the sheer sweat and determination animation and all the people that said yes to this project need to be applauded because it's a tale filled with honor and courage as the klingons would say uh a standard movie making shenanigans ancient animation techniques bleeding edge inventions that were never seen again it's a real venn diagram uh of three of these things like it's it's like a bridge from the past to the future that never turned out to be the tipping point or fulcrum that it looked like it was going to be like what they were hoping it would be mm-hmm. they're like this movie with the techniques that we've created is going to revolutionize cinema nope <laughs> but, but okay it neat. we'll put it as part and, of the people mover in disneyland that'll be nice right <laughs> and then uh 10 years from now they'll start to explore the techniques that we already came up with in 1982 you know like so it's uh it's a, it's a bit of a shame but it's also this beautiful little gem it's this fantastic little mm-hmm. you know moment in history as part of that magical summer of 1982 which we've discussed a lot uh, those films that came out that summer, just an incredible lineup. Uh, I think there's, I had a co-host earlier, Sam Dalbuch, who pointed out that the users are like, I've always harped on how they are a good metaphor for gods, how like the implications of us as users mm-hmm. and the, the sort of theological implications of their being users above us. But uh, Sam Dalmage pointed out that the users are also a good metaphor for parents that's true yeah and that right. and that you turn on them or you're with them or you protect them or you defeat them and... yeah or you think they've got all the answers and then you get older and you're like oh geez they were just <laughs> winging it they were winging it the whole time and uh i got a new appreciation for bit and how that character ended up because they had their initial concepts had them being uh comic relief and well they ended up being comic relief but they also were like speaking different languages and they had like they were supposed to be cartoons like don bluth style cartoons Mm. and then they just ended up getting paired back and paired back to a pure cg character um that only spoke only said yes or no and i love how that how it ended up i think that's a lot of there's things that people remember from the movie and it's like the light cycle race bit the mcp like a few other things but bits always up there But most of all, I'm just really happy to report that my love of Tron has only increased during this experience. And that 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 is saying something. As I thought it would uh, fall apart under such close examination, but that didn't happen. And I'm really, really, really happy to hear about that. I just want, I want more Tron. Disney, I just want more Tron in all respects. I want another series. I want another film. I want more video games. Whatever you can do Mm -hmm. with the property, I feel like. I'm waiting for the VR. I want, like, if there was some light cycle racing and some disc throwing, I'd be so on board. It seems like a no-brainer, right? I don't know why they, it seems like they've got an aversion to touching the IP, but I think it just takes a champion on the inside to say, hey, let's do it. And I'll see what I can do. Enough clout. (laughs) (laughs) And that person Mm -hmm. is in front of me right now. Uh, We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But that that would be really cool. 
What about uh, what about you? What about your uh, meta? yeah, like I so I was always um, I I have like pulled apart a bit of Legacy before, but I've been I mean from soundtrack up, Legacy is just still one of the my my nice relaxation films and Tron is oh, up yeah. there as well. And yeah. I think too is with the modern view of stuff, we forget like the feeling of have like watching this in a theater without ever having seen the movie or without ever having seen what comes after this movie. I yeah. I wish I could have that experience that sounds so amazing so like there's no doubt of why when you when you think about it in the context of like sitting there and seeing all of this on the on the big beautiful screen yeah um, like this this thing is obviously like just a peak bit of art and it is fantastic and and yeah like the in the same way that like star trek was just throwing together technology at a convenience that later became stuff like cell phones and medical scanners yeah, and stuff yeah, like this yeah. The idea of this game where it's like, okay, cool, playing a game is fun, but what if physically speaking, your just whole body was in there and you were just 100% interacting with it? It went from like, you know, from fantasy to like, oh, that's just how we develop games now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Right? It's, I'm glad that every time I do it, I don't have to power up a giant neutron laser to get in there and be burst apart into my base atoms from a grid, which also Literally. seems like it looks quick enough that it's okay but slow enough that you would definitely feel it <laughs> yeah maybe not be too into repeating repeating the experience yeah it doesn't seem fun um but yeah no i'm still a huge tron fan uh tron stuff all over the uh apartment and it has been super fascinating to see how again the minutiae of this this has been my first minute by minute podcast i've participated in mm-hmm. uh and thank you for that magical gift of you intense fandom <laughs> and yeah it's you know we, we we're here we obviously still love the property um i i even would like love just like one of the arcade cabinets around right yeah. now just because yeah because that's the thing it's you t- if you take a black outfit draw two neon orange lines on it someone's gonna be like oh that's tron and like i think that's yeah. <laughs> like the fact that visually impacting the the nerd pop culture landscape to the to the way that this did with one film in the 80s and the other in the in the 2000s like that's insane. Like not a yeah. lot of properties get that amount of attention. Like even say yeah. like a more of a culty movie like Last Starfighter or something doesn't mm-hmm. get pulled. Like you could pull imagery from Last Starfighter out and put it on other stuff, and no one would notice except for a fan. But like if yeah, you tried yeah. to replicate any style from Tron, someone's just going to say like, "Oh, that's Tron." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's burned into the burned into the brains of everybody who saw it for sure. Yeah. I just think Last Starfighter is comparable because of the whole video gaminess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and that's also like a beloved classic that a lot of people hold dear. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there was talk of remaking that. I think there's definitely there's been swirling rumors. But yeah, yeah, it would be kind of fun to see that again because that's one that I think I rewatched and I was like, boy, this has really dated the CG, especially. I was the like, CG wow, I... is a bit brutal on that one. And I, I think also being amazing, but... the pacing feels like it was two different movies strapped together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like it's still, it's still great. The idea that, that the, there's a video game out there. That's just uh, a training, you know, yeah. like a test, a, a testing mechanism for alien recruiters. I'm like, fantastic. Best, best concept. I'm so into I, it. Right? I did want the second they pick him up, though, like as they're flying back to the base, they're just go like, hey, you're like on board with murder, right? Because we are definitely killing sentient <laughs> life forms. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> should have checked on that. Are you you know, uh, a pacifist? You're good? Wait a second. Are they the bad guys? 
Uh, yeah. To yeah, us, okay. yes. Yeah, <laughs> sure, they're the bad guys, yeah. To quote a different franchise, from a certain <laughs> point of view. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. All right, well, uh, I'd like to go down. I'd like to do some special thanks of my yes. own. Do it. Uh, special thanks to Chris Stewart, Alan Sanders, Adam Sternborn, Jack Stobold, Adam Liebrick Johnson, Andrew Lindy, Chris LaSalle, Connor Colson, Niall McGowan, Brett Stillo, Tierney Steele, Chris Nairati, Crystal Beth, Torin Atkinson, Paul Francis Sullivan, Sam Dolmage, Kyle Natal, Dave Brown, Angus Syme, Curtis Blows, Sean German, John Burton, and you, Tyler Nickel, for coming on this journey with me uh, into the grid. It's been an absolutely fantastic experience. Also, special thanks to my wife and daughter for putting up with Ooh, me. Yeah. Big, one, big, big ups. one one morning per weekend for like the last six months <laughs> to get this done. Um, no, it's been a, it's been an amazing experience, and uh, yeah, highly recommend anybody out there who's a super fan of a movie to do it themselves because it's it's tremendous fun. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad I could be here at both ends of the start and finish line with you. It's been fascinating to watch uh, this whole thing grow around you and. Thanks yeah. again for anyone listening all the way to the end of this podcast. That's you deserve you you fine listener. You deserve a round I, of applause uh, for, put, for putting not, up. Yeah, thank the listeners enough. Sorry, I left uh, you, the person listening to this, out of those thank yous, and you definitely and might, are. Always... And might I say they are looking great today? You're it's, looking uh, great oh, today. Oh, you well, really are. Look at that. You really are. You my go. gosh, whatever you're doing, it's working. I like I like that great. thing about that one part. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Awesome. Do you want to give them a little round of applause? I want oh, to do it right now. You okay, this guess. is going to be two hands. Okay, here we go. Here's, here's to you. <laughs> oh, that looks Hopefully great that on the audiograph here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The seismograph on the audio. All right, well. Um, One last end of line, I guess. Sure, yeah. People know where to find you. People know where to find me. Yeah, at this point, if if you if you're... If this is your first episode, you done goof. Hey, you are. <laughs> no, go back to the beginning. Yeah, yeah it's, you're on the wrong page. All right, so one final end of line from all of us to all of you. Thank you very much. And uh, let's do a little final end of line here on three. You ready? Yep. Okay, one, two, three. End, end of line. line. <laughs>